and welcome back to another edition of Yeah Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Ram, and I am just joined with Tony. Tony, we will be joined with uh, Josh and Parker a little bit uh, later down the line. How you doing, Tones? Doing very great, man. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, doing well. We have the Senior Bowl almost wrapping up this week. Um, we will be talking Senior Bowl standouts next week, but um, it's going to be kind of a short podcast this time. Uh, for this week, but let's get into some college football news. Definitely. So uh, Auburn is going to be hiring former Texas A&M defensive coordinator DJ Durkin for that same spot. Um, he is set to replace Ron Roberts, who left for Florida earlier this month. Uh, it's a good hire kind of to help uh, kind of bring in a veteran coach to improve that defense that kind of finished middle of the pack for the SEC. Obviously, Auburn being kind of a a big name school in the SEC. They have a lot of expectations, and uh, last year kind of think definitely uh, underperformed there. Um, LSU will be getting a big addition for their recruiting class. Um, 2025 four-star quarterback Jabore uh, Anton, Anton. Yeah, Anton. Sorry, as pledged to the Bayou Bengals, he's the number 47th uh, prospect in the ESPN 300, um, and he announced that announced that he will be staying in state and will be enrolling early January of 2025. So big win there. Um, Arizona Wildcats will be adding to their coaching staff by hiring former Syracuse head coach Dino Babers for its offensive coordinator. Um, Babers, obviously this past season was fired from uh, Syracuse. Um, I think in like their last two or three games of their season, kind of a weird firing there, but also I get it. Um, he was an assistant at Arizona from 1995 to 2000, and also worked with current head coach um, Brennan, Brennan when uh, Brennan was a grad assistant during that period as well. So again, kind of another hire where um, the two coaches have had like a prior relationship. So kind of cool there. Also, Wisconsin is going to be hiring Alex Grinch for their safeties coach position. Um, as we all know, Grinch was uh, was let go last week or last year. Uh, as USC's defensive coordinator because um, just just really tough struggles there defensively. I think we kind of made mention and hit on it a few times this past season about USC's defense, but obviously he'll have another chance up there in Madison. And then uh, finally, some kind of some cool news. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks football team announced that they will be playing four games this coming season at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Um, their stadium will be going will be going uh, through a big renovation plan that's upwards of $445 million in kind of renovations and advancements. So it'll be cool to see uh, what that stadium ultimately looks like. But yeah, so they'll be playing pretty much half of the home games at uh, Arrowhead. But that's really the news I got for this week. Perfect. Yeah, like I said, Senior Bowl talk is going to be next week. So that's going to close the door for college football uh, this week. We'll go to the NFL side. Um, we won't talk the games just yet. I wanted to hit on some news real quickly here. Um, and some of this has to do with college football. It's very interesting. But let's start with uh, Chiefs defensive end, Charles O'Meady. He suffered a torn ACL from that championship game. We'll go over that a little later, uh, the result of that. But uh, Charles O'Meady will uh, not be playing in the Super Bowl uh, for the Chiefs as he tore his ACL. So that's going to be tough um, for that defensive end spot for them. Uh, the Chargers are expected to hire Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Hortz, as their new general manager. So, uh, obviously, the Chargers cleaned house uh, last year. Um, they also lost their offensive coordinator. So, they're coming in with a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, a new defensive coordinator. I believe Jim Arba, um also got Michigan's defensive coordinator to be the defensive coordinator for the Chargers as well. 
Um, and it looks like they filled their GM spot here as well. So um, a lot of changes for the Chargers. Um, just expect a whole other team for them and a whole other um, strategy, I guess, moving forward for the Chargers. Um, the Falcons are hiring Jimmy Lake as their defensive coordinator. Um, so the, obviously the Falcons are kind of going through some uh, changes uh, as well with them as Raheem Morris is also um, going to be their head coach. So uh, the, the Falcons, you know, they were in the Bel Bill Belichick talk, uh, but ended up not uh, working out. So uh, Morris is their new head coach, and they also just hired uh, their defensive coordinator as well. Um, moving on, the Steelers are hiring ex-Falcon, the, the team which I, I just talked about. They're they're hiring their ex-head uh, coach, Arthur Smith, as their offensive coordinator. So um, I, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, uh, Arthur Smith, when he was on the Titans, he was able to activate some of his uh, players like A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. So we'll see if that can kind of translate with this new role uh, with the Steelers because they do have some playmakers, but um, I think the quarterback is their, their main issue there. So uh, we'll see, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph, uh, Kenny Pickett, um, just, you know, where they go with their quarterback position. So uh, that should be interesting. And also, two guys I was kind of shocked to see stay. The first one being offensive coordinator Ben Johnson for the Lions. He was in talks with the Commanders, the Seahawks, and uh, other teams as well. He is deciding to stay with the Lions. Um, uh, a bit of a, you know, I've, I've heard different opinions on this. I've heard that it's a good thing that he's doing this, that I've heard that it's, you know, maybe detrimental to his career because let's say that he has a bad year, maybe he, his worth is going down if, if they end up having a, a worse year than they did this year. But um, if they end up, you know, making it even farther, then it even betters his chances of getting a head coaching position with the amount of money that he was, um, I guess, demanding this year. Maybe um, it's a little bit more realistic next year if they succeed. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but regardless, Ben Johnson is staying, so I'm sure that is uh, very good for some of those Lions playmakers as well. And then the other uh, surprise that I was um, uh, working with here is Ben Slowick. He was he's being retained with the Texans as well. Sorry, Bobby Sloan. Obviously, he had the um, interest from other teams for their head coaching spots and also some offensive coordinator spots as well. But uh, mainly, his next step was going to be a head coach, uh, a coaching spot, but. Uh, after some consideration, just like Ben Johnson, he is staying with the Texans. So that should be interesting to see. It looks like they're going to be retaining most, um, if not all, of their personnel from uh, their past very successful season. So um, Bobby Slowick, another guy staying, which was kind of a shock to me. Um, moving on, I think we have a couple more to close off on. Yeah, obviously the Seahawks um, hiring their new head coach, Mike McDonald. Um, he was the former defensive coordinator for the Ravens, and obviously the Ravens had a great year defensively. So, um, yeah, the Seahawks are going kind of a, in another direction. Uh, they have a lot of great players on defense, so we'll see how that uh, um, that, that can help mold the team with uh, Mike McDonald and his uh, defensive prowess. Um, this one was a bit weird. <laughs> the Packers are hiring the head coach of Boston College. Tony, this is a little bit of college football news, but Boston College, they're going to be losing their, their head coach, Jeff Halfley, uh, he's going to be the next defensive coordinator for the Packers. Obviously, uh, they fired their ex-defensive uh, coordinator as well. So um, we'll see how that fits. It's a very young team, uh, young personnel, and obviously now um, a college head coach <laughs> uh, coaching their defense. So we'll see if you know it can be beneficial for that defense. Um, I think it can. So, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be all for really the news. I didn't have much more of that. 
Um, I'll go over the picks. Um, Tony, you had one, Josh had one, and Parker had one, and I had I had two. So I was able to clear the week with uh, a sweep, but it was only two. So uh, um, moving on, we could hit the schedule. So we'll go over the championship games. Tony, we can we can start with you with your with your overall thoughts. I do want to preview those for you real quickly here. We had the Chiefs traveling to Baltimore, and they took down the Ravens 17-10. to 10. What were your thoughts on that one? Definitely. First of all, a really great uh, performance defensively from the Chiefs. I thought they did a really good job. Also offensively, really, really held that time of possession, and I think they really, really just drained out that Ravens defense. Also, I think we talked about it as a group um, kind of during the week. Uh, just the, the weird game plan that the Ravens kind of had offensively, um, really not re- throughout the season, we've kind of known them to be a really, really good running team. And again, I get it. There were times where they were behind, obviously 14 to seven and seven, nothing. And then pretty much the rest of the game. Um, but they never really seemed to just commit to that. It seemed like they wanted to keep throwing stuff downfield. Again, I get it because when the chiefs have drives of seven plus eight minutes, um, it's hard to kind of respond back, but um, I think it was like single-digit running plays, and that's just not going to win win you games. Also, the the, the big turnover um, that Lamar I think got strip sacked, and he fumbled it. Um, very very efficient for Patrick Mahomes. I think he fin- uh, he completed his first eleven passes and just looked really efficient out there. Kelsey had another big big game. Um, I think the, I think I remember seeing something from ESPN during the week that was it more or less, and I think it was 61 and a half yards, and he definitely had more than that, um, but he balled out. Um, just a really, really great performance from the Chiefs, and even though it was a little bit of a kind of like a gritty game, they deserved it, and they're going to be representing the AFC once again. Um, do you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the game there, Ron? You know, Tones. Um... The last couple of weeks, this Chiefs team has reminded me of the Patriots. Parker brought it up once. And I can't stop thinking about it, to be honest. The, the Patriots dynasty that we saw, no matter how they performed in the in the regular season, when it came down to it in the postseason, they were able to, to dial in. I mean, this this Chiefs team right now is dialed in. One thing I do worry about for them, though, is kind of the, the lull period they had against the Ravens. The Ravens really had a shot to win this game, and they, they screwed it up big time because the Chiefs, they went. They had a lot of three and outs, especially in that second half. They didn't score a single point in the second half. So, I, when it comes to you know the game against, uh, I don't want to reveal it yet. But um, you know, moving forward, you do you do want to see the Chiefs score points in the second half? They did have a, a lull there. They're not they're not a perfect team, but when it comes down to executing plays when they need you, they certainly did that. I mean, Travis Kelsey, eleven catches, one hundred and sixteen yards, and a touchdown. I don't even think he did that in two to three games at certain points of the season. So um, that offense is is running there. They're running efficiently with Pacheco. They're not abandoning the run like the Ravens did. A lot to say on the Ravens too, just abandoning the run when, you know, most of the, the, the year they were a heavy run team. Even with their injuries that they were um, sustaining, they were uh, running the football to, to set up the pass and, it was just kind of difficult to see from an outsider's perspective that they, they kind of just abandoned it. And um, sure, they were falling behind, but at the same time, this was an offense that kind of ran to 
to, to set up the pass and set up explosive plays. And um, there were situations where they were even close too. They were efficient on offense and they turned the ball over in the red zone. Uh, Zate Flowers fumbling up the goal line after trying to stretch it out. That's unfortunate. And then uh, the, the interception thrown in triple coverage, that was unfortunate. So a couple plays could have gone right for the Ravens and they would have been in the Super Bowl because the Chiefs didn't really do much in the second half. But um, the, the Chiefs defense stepped up, made some big plays. And um, yeah, that's that's really all I had for this game. Uh, Parker, welcome to the podcast, buddy. What were your thoughts on this game here? They definitely got to be better um, uh, against the team named the 49ers in the Super Bowl, uh, uh, for sure. But um, in, in that game, they played it uh, very good um, uh, defensively. Lamar kind of did nothing all game, um, and the whole offense kind of got stymied. So um, I don't know. It's back to the drawing board for the Ravens again, uh, and uh, the Chiefs back to another Super Bowl. And just like Aram said, uh, very uh, Patriot-like, very uh, Bradyan-like. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of wild to see uh, the uh, power struggle after uh, Brady leaves, kind of gets sucked up by Mahomes there. So, um, you know, this dude is so good. So uh, it should be a, a good uh, Super Bowl, though. Yeah, and we have some thoughts um, from Josh, and he kind of just reiterates what we're talking about. The fact that the Ravens abandoned the run, and I mean, we—that's that seems to be the story for that Ravens offense. So, um, yeah, we can close it up with this one, and we can reveal the team that they're playing in the Super Bowl, whether it's common knowledge or not. It is uh, a fun way to, to to transition here. We have the Niners at home, Tony, just squeaking out a win after being down twenty-four to seven, and they beat they not they beat the Lions. They come back and they win thirty-four to thirty-one. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, definitely a tale of two halves. I mean, I think the first half was obviously very much controlled by the Lions. You had Gardner Johnson waving it to the fans when it was 20-7 to 7, uh, that the game was over. Um, and obviously we found that that was a little bit too early to do that. Um, 49ers definitely came alive there in the second half. Really, really uh, impressive second half performance. I thought Purdy played a lot better in the second half. Obviously a little bit slow there in the first, but... Um, just really also limiting the Lions playmakers in the second half. Their defense really stood up, um, and they, uh, yeah, they're going to go and have another rematch with the, the Chiefs. Maybe uh, this, this time around, maybe they can get the win, but I don't know. It, it should be uh, – it's, it's still going to be really tough to play the Chiefs, but also a lot of quote-unquote questionable decisions by Dan Campbell again. Um, I. It's kind of hard because it's – that's – like, you live and you die by that. That's what he'd been doing all season. I get it. It's a playoff game. It's not regular season. And this has a lot farther impact than just a regular season loss. But um, I, I totally get where he came from. But we definitely heard and seen in the past few days uh, some prior or some past kind of NFL players as well as analysts kind of voice their opinion on some of those decisions that were made. And obviously, ultimately, that kind of did lose or uh, did lead to their that loss but uh you got any uh thoughts around on the nfc title game i i do and i mean i i personally think it's a weak weak argument to, to talk about the decisions made from dan campbell was he was he wrong no but was he right in other situations uh earlier in the year when he went for it no so it's it's tough to blame coaching decisions when situations like 
Josh Reynolds dropping two huge passes, stopping drives is another factor. Kill Kendall Vildorpark is uh, former or former buddy on the Bears dropping a, an easy interception, which resulted in a deep completion for IU. That was that was huge. That was a huge mistake. And then overall, the Lions rush defense giving up a lot of yards um, to McCaffrey at that in that second half because. The Niners score in 17 points in the third quarter. The Lions defense really fell apart. So if we want to sit here and just solely blame Dan Campbell's decision-making, I, I just don't think that's the, the right way to go. But you can you can definitely consider it as part of the reason why they lost. Sure, the, the, the decision-making was poor, but also the Lions had a chance to, to really put this game away because at halftime, up 24-7, to um, and throughout the entire game, they led... The entire game when it came to passing Jared Goff led in uh, passing yards David Montgomery led in rushing yards and Sam Laporta led with 97 uh, receiving yards the Lions dominated this game and they just didn't make enough plays in the second half kind of just like what the the Ravens uh, were able to do as well so uh, the Lions not being able to uh, to do much in the second half and the Niners came starving back and the, the Lions defense not being able to stop much in the second half was just so that was rough to see if you're a Lions fan because they, they really add this game. So uh, definitely a heartbreaker uh, for the Lions on this one. But uh, yeah, the Niners will be um, advancing to the Super Bowl. Parker, any thoughts? Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you've ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or just let it slip? Dan Campbell's hand, they were very spitty. And his knees were, were weak, and his arms were heavy, and he was definitely had some vomit on his sweater already. And I'd seen Eminem up in the stands. He was eating his mom's spaghetti, and he was kind of nervous. But on the surface, they were looking pretty calm, but I don't think that they were ready. And they weren't even ready to drop bombs. Uh, but he keeps on forgetting, you know, what he wrote down, the, the plays that he wrote down before. Uh, the, the whole crowd was pretty quiet, uh, so it wasn't too loud. But when he opened his mouth, uh, the words just wouldn't come out. So he's kind of choking now, and everybody's choking now, Alliance. Uh, the clock's run out, now his time's up, and it's over now. So uh, that's that's pretty much what happened to Alliance uh, in the game over the weekend. Uh, they uh, had a little uh, uh, a little choke fest. Uh, it was really nice to see from a, from a Bears fan. I know Ravalo Claus, the Lions fan, pretty devastating loss for you. But uh, for the uh, for, for us NFC North Axel fans, it was a great a great time to see the, the Lions choke uh, the game away and uh, to see them, uh, you know, advance to the uh, Super Bowl again. So we're having another rematch uh, of the game. And, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, big BD Brock, uh, he was a very a very good in the second half. The first half wasn't so good for that team. But just like uh, George Kittle said, uh, you know, they had us in the first half, but in the second half, you know, we came through. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I got to say. And, and we can close the, the curtain on that one. Yeah, the curtain is definitely closed on that performance there. Um, so, yeah, we have this bowl, but before that, we have the Pro Bowl. We are not going to talk about the Pro Bowl. That is just something <laughs> that you will have to watch on your own. Oh, no, I was just going to say that the games start on Thursday, and um, I'm so excited to watch the players uh, play dodgeball and all these other stupid things that they're going to do, right? Aren't you listening so excited? Best catch? Uh, I can't wait for, for the players on my team to take pictures like everything is great while there's two teams still playing in a Super Bowl. It's been 
it's been the trend for us for the last 10 to 100 million years. So another year of the books, but, you know, watching my team's players in the Pro Bowl, how fun is that? Um, yeah, next week we'll be back with our Super Bowl preview. Um, and then the podcast, obviously, will start to, to die down a little bit. We'll get into our uh, draft season, and then we will do our mock drafts and all that kind of fun stuff. But um, until the next episode, we'll talk to you guys then. Bye-bye. Have a good one.